Welcome to Northern Nevada Green Living Podcast, where we support your quest for a happier, healthier, planet-friendly life that supports you, your family, and community. We share local information, resources, and support, and opportunities to volunteer for projects that help clean, protect, and repair the environment. This episode is a bonus episode from another show. It includes an interview of a Northern Nevada local who is taking green action through their vocation, volunteer work, or hobby. These stories are interesting and informational and are a great way to get to know our local community better. Today on our podcast, I'm speaking with someone who's using his knowledge and experience to actively work with a nonprofit on conservation and restoration in a challenging local desert environment. I'm speaking with James Gatsky. James has been with the Walker Basin Conservancy since January 2019. He has a Bachelor's of Science degree in Forestry from Utah State University and a Master's in Agriculture from Colorado State. James has worked in the Great Basin and Mojave Desert for over 20 years doing vegetation monitoring, conservation planning, and restoration projects. More recently, he operated a small organic farm and native plant nursery in southern Nevada. He's excited about the opportunity to use his knowledge of native flora of the Great Basin and his prior experience with nurseries from subarctic to tropics to grow native plants for restoration. Welcome, James. I'm so excited to speak with you and share your path to working in native habitat restoration. So what planted the seeds for you to want to take some kind of green action in your life? I guess I've always had an interest in plants from a young age, or at least in nature itself. And uh, I would say probably starting with moving to near the the Gila wilderness in in southern New Mexico, the original wilderness area, and and joining a 4-H club and backpacking there every summer gave me a keen interest in, in having a hand in what goes on in those wild lands. And, and that's really what started the interest. And from there, I went into university and yeah. Nice. So during your university years, did you know what kind of career you might want to have? Was that you did the 4-H um, backpacking before university? Yeah, I did the 4-H backpacking before university. And uh, yeah, I basically looking at what kind of career options were out there and degree options, I chose to go into uh, forestry. I started out in at New Mexico State University in a pre-forestry program. And my first semester there, there was a professor who was part of the range science department at New Mexico State. And he uh, was advertising for the uh, plant identification team, uh, which is a contest that's held among university students throughout North America, so Canada, U.S., and it's mostly on rangelands, so Western Canada, U.S., and then Mexico are involved in the contest, and so they were advertising for the chance to to learn more about plants there, and, and so I really became interested in that, and from, yeah, from then on, I was hooked. Wow. So you mentioned that you have some experience um, as an organic farmer. What was that uh, experience like? Oh, yeah, it was it was a, quite an educational experience. I, yeah, after uh, working with farmers for many years, I decided I wanted to try it on my own and see uh, what it was like and uh, had, had identified a market and uh, wanted to work on organic produce or marketing that. It seemed like a good opportunity because there weren't too many organic producers in the state, especially in the southern part of the state near Las Vegas. And uh, yeah, so I kind of tinkered around for about four or five years while I was still working for the USDA. And then I decided to leave USDA and, and give a go at farming full time. And 
it was it was a, a big challenge, much more than I thought, uh, especially on the on the marketing end and finding a way to sell your produce, and then just the uh, whole operational aspect of, of running the farm and keeping ahead of the weeds and keeping on time with managing your crops so that they perform at optimum. Yeah, it was it was a challenging experience to say the least. So, how was that experience um, helped kind of inform and influence your work now with the native plant nursery at the Walker? Basin Conservancy? Uh, well, yeah, so I think it, it's helped me a lot in terms of uh, figuring out what can be some of the big issues when you try to run a, a farming operation of any kind, whether it be native plant nursery or, or uh, organic farm. Uh, in addition, when I, when I started the, the organic farm, I was also looking at doing a nursery as well and selling landscape plants into Las Vegas. Uh, but then the housing market uh, crashed in 2008 and there went the landscaping market as well. And so, uh, yeah, that kind of went by the wayside. And I, I mean, I'd already been out collecting seeds for you know potential ornamentals to the market etc and, and uh, yeah now i finally have the opportunity to test a lot of these species and, and even more now that i'm in a different part of nevada nice nice that's um so did you have to do a lot of additional study when you um like in your forestry background did you have to specialize you know do a lot more research afterwards what helped me a lot was just uh, my jobs that I held during university and, and learning about the, the flora that way. I uh, started out my, my first summer job, basically, I, I was offered the job, the position because I had had my previous experience working with the, or doing the plan ID competitions and, and performed really well at that. And so they, they picked me up really quick and uh, it was, or I was even, I had like the, the secretaries at the forestry department office were, were telling the people that were doing the hiring, this is the, I'm the one you should pick, but uh, just based on my plan ID experience. And then just getting out there and, and observing what, what I saw out there in the landscape and seeing how different plants performed under different disturbance regimes. Or And, and I wor was working quite a bit on disturbed landscapes. It was a, a military uh, test range that I did summer work on. And so there was a lot of it that was rather pristine and untouched. And then there were other areas that were heavily impacted. And you could see how different native plants performed or exotic species came in, et cetera. So um, can you explain to us, like you've kind of touching on it, more specifics about your work um, with the nursery? Like, I don't know, people would necessarily know that native seeds might be, have their own unique challenges. Um, so from start to finish, there's all kinds of challenges, just learning about the plants and finding populations that are producing seed within the year. Like this year has been a really challenging year to find populations that are actually producing seed. It's just been so dry that uh, <laughs> a lot of plants just aren't putting the energy into reproducing. And then there's others that, that uh, the stress of the drought might be what the impetus that encourages them to finally reproduce and <laughs> and. and have some progeny. And uh, yeah, so from finding populations and monitoring those populations, collecting the seed, and then figuring out how, what's the best way to handle that seed so that you get it to germinate. Usually if you're getting a germination percentage of 50%, you're, you're pretty happy. A lot of these, whereas, you know, a lot of commercial crops, you'd expect greater than 90% germination. And then, and then trying to uh, grow these plants in a controlled nursery environment, which can 
can be is well is quite different from what they they're accustomed to out in the wild. And so yeah, it's just constant monitoring of, of of your plants and seeing how they're performing and what what kind of issues they're facing as they grow in the nursery. And and so we're yeah basically just entering our our second season of growing native plants here at Walker Basin. Nice. Um. So I my understanding is that you know in some ways when you're um, growing seedlings you want them to be tough enough to basically withstand the natural environment. Are there things that you do when you're um, growing these seeds out that kind of replicate the conditions that they're going to be in when they're out of the nursery and trying to survive? Yeah, yeah. So we we try our, our best to uh, replicate what they might encounter in the natural environment while still we um, the, the key is to, especially with the nursery, and we're limited on space. That's kind of our most important commodity in the nursery is how much space we have to grow the plants. And so we really want to kind of have a quick turnaround of growing, getting the plants from a seedling and then getting them out into the field just to make best use of our space. And and so we, we do end up kind of encouraging them to grow re- faster than they would out in natural environments. Uh, in terms of what we do specifically nursery here to kind of get them used to where they'll be going. We try to include some of the native soil in the uh, nursery mix. So it's not just like a normal potting mix. Another thing that we do here with our nursery, and this is based on recommendations from a a native plant nursery in uh, New Mexico, it's uh, Trees That Please in Los Lunas, and and they have a sister company that works, that that provides uh, soil products, soil improvement products to farmers throughout the West, and and they've uh, developed some products that really encourage the the microflora, so like the microbes, the bacteria, the fungi, et cetera, to grow within this nursery pot mix. And uh, so we've taken their technique and and adapted it here. So we use, uh, basically, there's a uh, product that's like alfalfa meal is the best way I can describe it. So a high protein source, as well as something that closely resembles humus. And then we uh, add a small amount of a uh, mined mineral called panakite. Uh, Azomite's a similar product on the market. And basically, panakite and azomite are really rich in trace elements. So panakite has over 50 different elements in the the mineral. Both are are, are mined lake sediments, ancient lake sediments. Wow. So what are some of the biggest challenges with health with helping to preserve and repair the environment uh, and the environmental damage to the Walker Lake Basin area. In terms of the Walker Lake itself, which is kind of our end result that we're hoping to achieve to get more water in the lake, uh, basically we're we're trying to uh, get more of a finite resource down to the lake. There's only so much water and there's coming off of the Sierra Nevada and uh, it's becoming less with uh, changes in climate. And so the challenge is getting enough water into the lake to where you can grow big fish again and such, or even fish at all. And uh, I guess they do grow some, there's still some species growing in there, but it is too saline for most, especially some of the, the key natives like Lahontan cutthroat trout, too saline for them to grow. And then on the land side of things, the, the biggest challenge is in terms of restoration, I would say is uh, working with some of these retired ranches or farms is, is uh, basically trying to uh, deal with issues that commonly occur when you have uh, hayland. So you're dealing with a lot of soils that have compaction because with hay production, there's a, a lot more vehicle traffic on the field and other crop cropping systems. 
So you end up with a lot of soil compaction, which makes it difficult for native plants to access soil. And a lot of these plants are really deep rooted, so they like to access a lot of soil to get enough resources to survive. Uh, another big issue is, is that in order to get these plants established, we typically do need to provide a little bit of irrigation. We're just too dry at five or six inch, five or six inches annual precipitation. We're just too dry to get something established. And so we have to provide irrigation. And wherever you provide irrigation, you are also growing all the weeds that happen to be in that old farm or ranch. And so weeds are, are, a, are a tremendous concern as well. Gotcha. So do I understand that you're also going to be raising some of these natives for the public in general, or are you working more specifically with ranchers, or how is that, how's that going to work? Basically, with the Walker Basin Conservancy, we're, we're looking to our future and trying to figure out how can we diversify our revenue, revenue streams so that we can continue doing good conservation work within the Walker River watershed. And so one of the things that we've identified is, is growing native seed as well as nursery stock. And native seed would be more for uh, restoration projects throughout the Great Basin, if, you know, like fire re rehabilitation product projects, et cetera mine reclamation, and then the nursery stock, yeah, we're, we would be looking to uh, provide uh, nursery stock to homeowners within the Western Nevada area, Reno, et cetera, to uh, help with landscaping and provide some options that are a little more water-wise and currently what's available on the market. And uh, so we've I've been like pouring over the, the floras and, and getting out in the hills and looking to see what's around us that we potentially could use has some potential as an ornamental plant and, and then trying to collect seeds and, and do some tests and, and uh, yeah, have, hopefully we'll have some nursery stock available later this fall for the public, but we're still working out the details with COVID and such and that how that would work. Yeah. So um, how much of your time um, in your position is spent um, out collecting in the wild? Uh, how much of my time? I would say, well, it varies by the season. I, I would say maybe a quarter of my time I spend help us out on the nursery. So I have a, an assistant that helps me and more specifically with like nursery operations, like seeding, et cetera, transplanting. And then I have a couple uh AmeriCorps members that help with uh, seed collection and seed scouting. So going out in the hills and looking for these species. So so largely my role is kind of supervisory and helping them learn the flora out there. And yeah, so helping them get more familiar with what's out here. And so it, I think it'll take quite a bit of effort on the front end, but uh, hopefully it'll pay off in the end. So um, if your ideas and your experience and your wisdom were all wrapped up in seeds of potential action for you to give to others, what advice would you give to someone that might be considering you know, a career in this type of work in another area of the United States? Well, I would say just getting out to see some of these really unique areas, especially some of the, the lands that we've ended up purchasing for the purposes of moving water to Walker Lake. We've purchased quite a bit of uh, ranch properties that are right along the river. And so get, getting to see some of this river corridor and feature, and you'll, I'm, I'm tempted to <laughs> buy a canoe or a kayak and, and yeah, boat some sections and yeah. Great. So what resource, um, maybe a book or website or film that has been particularly helpful or informative for you? The book is, is called uh, So You Want to Start a Nursery, and it's by Tony Avent. And uh, yeah, it, it's just a, a real eye-opener for anyone really getting in, 
interest in agriculture or more specifically nurseries, a lot of people think that you just, you know, buy a handful of trees, stick them in the ground and come back five years later and, and reap great profits. And <laughs> there's a lot more that goes into it than that. And, uh, and, uh, I think, yeah, farmers and uh, nursery operators, they, they don't get the credit that they should in terms of all the knowledge and, and effort that has to go into having a successful operation. So how can people contact you if they want to maybe participate in the AmeriCorps program or they'd like to learn more? Yeah, I would say probably the best way to reach me would be to send me an email at work. And my email is James. Todd Gatsky at walkerbasin.org. And uh, yeah, we'd be yeah, open to people that are interested in our AmeriCorps program as well. If, if you don't, if you want to volunteer, but don't can't give that kind of time commitment. Uh, yeah, we're looking for volunteers that might be interested for like a weekend project or, or, or some project for a couple weeks. Uh, as an example, I was contacted by a lady that newly moved to Reno and she'd read a, an article that I wrote in the uh, American Pensa Society, Pensaman Society Bolton. And we're, we're doing a little restoration trial with penstemons because they're a, a wildflower that, that tends to like disturbed landscapes. And so we're giving them a try to see how they do in some of the disturbed landscapes we're trying to restore here in the Walker Basin. And uh, yeah, anyway, she read my article about that and contacted me and, and uh, hopefully uh, she'll be able to help us out when we do our first plantings out to uh, one of our restoration sites. Nice. Nice. Well, I truly appreciate your taking the time to um, to speak with us and share this with our listeners. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Northern Nevada Green Living Podcast. We encourage you to subscribe to this show so we can send you monthly episodes and keep you up to date on opportunities for eco-friendly living in Northern Nevada. For now, please take good care of you and yours, stay well, and help us all make this a kinder, healthier, and greener community for all.